0: Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Good morning, everybody. Next
1: to last day of the month of November. Great to have you with us. November the 29th, end of the month is tomorrow. Glad you're with us. on a penny for your thoughts. Great to be with you. Always a privilege to sit here and visit with you each and every day on a variety of topics, whether we're doing open line, whether we have a guest whether we're doing both, however, and wherever you might be listening. Penny, for your thoughts, 9 to 11 every day here on DWS. Here are the phone numbers. You heard Gene mention them. I'll do them again, 356-9397. You can always text us, 3515357. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. We'll start off, just give you some of the headlines of the day per normal. Tell you what we're going to do during the show, and then you can jump in at any point along the way. A couple of things we were – one thing I did have planned for sure that we're going to reschedule. We were going to have Jerome Chambers in in the second hour. Uh, He's a guy that uh, we know around town, of course, Reverend, but he's also uh, into uh, R&B music, rock and roll history, and so forth. We are going to have him in in the second hour. He uh, had a scheduling conflict, so we've rescheduled him for mid-December. So uh, in the 10 o'clock hour today, Jim Dye will join me. Haven't had Jim on since right after the election, as far as uh, with me in studio. So we'll have Jim Dye on, hour number two. So open line time to start. We'll have Carol Varel join us for a few minutes with another cold case involving a couple of bank robberies, which hopefully will jar some memories for some people as far as maybe trying to solve that uh, couple of cases, those two cases. So we'll do that about 9.50 or so, and then back to open line time, but Jim Dye will sit in with me in hour number two. Tomorrow morning in the 9 o'clock hour, Sinead Madigan from Health Alliance will have some Medicare Advantage news for you and reminders on that. A lot of headlines today. You just heard from CBS, Michael Cohen to plead guilty, maybe already just did, of lying to Congress and federal court. We'll talk about the GM layoffs, the president threatening a government shutdown over the border wall funding. All of that percolating in Washington, D.C. Looks like Nancy Pelosi is going to ultimately win the votes to be Speaker of the House among the Democrats, but we'll see. Uh, Volleyball coming up tomorrow night, of course. Women's basketball played last night. Came up short in the Big Ten ACC Challenge down in Clemson. A lot of great games last night. Michigan looks really, really good on the men's side. Blowing out North Carolina last night. A couple of things about next week. Bob Steigman. Justice Steigman at the end of next week, next Friday, and we're going to talk about as we work into the uh, holiday shopping season, which is already underway, I know, but the pink tax, what is that? Well, we'll talk about that. If you're a woman, you probably know about it. If you're a guy, you may or may not be clued into that. So we'll talk about that uh, next week as well, among our usual activities, so Anyway, today, open line until about 9.50 or so. Carol Varel and then um, uh, Jim Dye joins me in hour number two with more open line conversation. All right, let's uh, go to the phones here, and let's start with Ken. Good morning, Ken. Hey. Hey, how
2: are you? You know, uh, okay. But uh, watching Illinois football uh, for the last 60 years, I think it's pretty apparent the last since – Kirk Kittner, we haven't had a decent passing quarterback.
1: Well, Juice was pretty good.
2: He was fair. Yeah. But uh far from uh far from star status. Yeah. And uh it, it just seems to me you only need to average 3.4 yards a run to get a first down. And maybe Illinois ought to concentrate more on developing a running game, particularly when, like this year, the uh, quarterback was apparently colorblind because he kept throwing to the other team.
1: So when you say go to the run, you mean a more traditional running because they were like eighth in the country in rushing per game?
2: Yes, a more traditional. Grind it out. Oh, okay. Yes. Hmm.
1: All right, straightforward running. You know know something else? When
2: you're running the ball, they can't score. (laughs) That's
1: true, as long as you're getting first downs, That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, maybe bring back Robert Holcomb. Yeah. He was pretty good, huh? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate it, Ken. Thank you. All right. All right. Yeah, he says, uh, run the ball. Just run it. Wisconsin's been pretty good at that. They haven't had a great thrower. They concentrate on the run. They've had some great running backs over the years, again and again. Let's go back to the phones to uh, Susan. Good morning, Susan.
3: Good morning, Brian. First of all, I love this show with you on it. I'm going to just say that I'm, I'm just thrilled when I hear your voice. And well, thank you. I'm going to the. Yeah, I really mean it. I know so many people. I'm almost seventy, but I'm always looking for a. You have that young perspective, and you're it's so tactful, which is fabulous. But here's my question. I'm going to the volleyball games this weekend, and I know that that we can go to Byfeld um, at a time and then take uh, park there and then take our, bus, take our university bus to Huff. Are you familiar with what the time frame is for that and where we park and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I read that somewhere. Um, Is it after? Trying. Is it after five? They start doing the shuttle. I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't
3: know that. Yeah. The other thing is, I hear that they're doing a reception at five bells from four to five. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if that's open to anybody who bought a ticket or only to season ticket holders. um, Because I obviously would like to go to that as well, but I'm not going to, you know pile in if, if I'm not among the invited,
1: you, you're not you don't want to crash you the. You know, basic, I went to Catholic
3: yeah. schools all my life. You can't do stuff like that. i would like to. You know. Yeah,
1: like yeah. like crashing the so, wedding. Yeah. um
3: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if you could find that out, if not now or later, and just put it on your show, I'd appreciate it. Okay,
1: well, I'll, I'll poke around a little bit. Okay, I'll see what I can find.
3: Thank you, Brian. Right. I appreciate it. Yep.
1: Thank Bye you. Bye-bye. See you, Susan. uh Nine twelve. Let's take a break. Our opening timeout, three five six nine three nine seven. Text line three five one five three five seven. And you can email us talk at WDWS.com. Back with more penny for your thoughts. Open line conversation, what's on your mind today? I put several things on the table as we do every day. And again, this is uh, you know it's a free country. You can look at those and you can say I don't think so. I want to talk about something else. Or you can delve into some of those things. I hit some of the big headlines of the day, but Maybe there's something out there that uh, you want to bring up. We'll do all that next. 950 Carol Varel, 10 o'clock, Jim Dye with more open line. More Penny for your thoughts straight ahead. <music> Hang on, Penny for your thoughts. I uh, women's basketball team lost in overtime last night down at Clemson. Hopefully you heard that ball game. Uh, also last night in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge, Michigan looked really good. Anytime anybody can beat North Carolina, I say hooray on that, right? Boy, they took care of the Tar Heels, 84-67. Florida State hit a jumper with five seconds left to beat Purdue. I was watching some of that game, 73-72. Virginia beat Maryland, an old ACC matchup that now is the Big Ten ACC matchup, of course, with Maryland now in the Big Ten, 76-71. Syracuse beat Ohio State. That game is 72-62 in Columbus. Northwestern beat Georgia Tech 67-61. Be anxious to see the uh, renovated Walsh Ryan Arena up there. And Rutgers gets a win in Florida at Miami. 57-54 was the uh, final there last night. So pretty close anyway in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. All right, let's see here. Here's some information we uh, dug up. Champaign-Urbana Mass Transit District 280 Transport Complementary Shuttle. It's ADA compliant. Shuttle will begin route 90 minutes prior to the first serve. Will run continuously up until 60 minutes after the match has concluded. Pick up and drop off location in the circle drive of the BFL Administration Building. Patrons will be dropped off at the west entrance of Huff Hall on 4th Street. or return to Biafeld for a shuttle back to their cars following the matches. There is no charge for the 280 Transport Volleyball Service. All members of the public may ride. And I think her question may have been, when does that start? What time do they start that? I'll, I'll check the release. There may be a release, Adam, from the DIA folks from the other day, and I've got it back on my desk, but I'll have to go get it during the next time out. And then she asked about a reception. I don't know about that, but we'll look into that, too, that's going on at Bielefeld. All right, 917 here at Newstalk 1400, DWS. Some of the headlines today. I was looking at the layoffs of GM. It's adapting to the market as it should. That's an editorial in USA Today. GM, not Trump, is the real villain to some Ohio factory workers. Another headline says, Trump's unfounded faith in his gut leaves Americans at risk. Is Manafort angling for a pardon? And I don't know if you've seen the uh, story about the gene-edited babies. There's a story on that today uh, from China. They're trying to crack down on the person that uh, may have accomplished this. We'll see. It's gene-edited babies. L.A. Times with a big editorial today on that. And it says Bill and Hillary launch paid speaking tour in Canada half to half-empty arena. That's another headline out there as well today. As far as locally, a local judge, Judge Rosenbaum, says all tax rules on the charitable exemptions apply when it comes to the uh, issue with the Carl folks, Carl Foundation. Not the final word on any of this, the back and forth, but uh, basically agreeing with what the state Supreme Court said about the Illinois hospital tax exemption law. And there's an editorial today as well on the Champaign County Nursing Home. We'll talk with Jim Dye a little more about that coming up in our second hour today. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phone lines today. You can also text us, three five one five three five seven or email us, talk at wdws.com. Says in an interview with Politico, the president draws a red line in his funding fight with Democrats that he doesn't do anything just for political gain. For the past two years, congressional Republicans have persuaded the president to delay the fight to fund his border wall, convincing him he would pay a steep political price for such a high-stakes legislative brawl. The uh, president wants the uh, Congress, sent him a bill for $5 billion for his wall on the U.S.-Mexican border, said he'd totally be willing to shut down the government if he doesn't get it. I think we're looking at about a week from tomorrow, I think, is the the deadline anyway. Democratic leaders, including the Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, have said they would approve $1.6 billion for the wall, placing the two sides billions of dollars apart as the lame duck session begins. Raising the stakes even higher for the GOP, the president said the $5 billion would cover only the physical border. The number is larger for border security overall. His insistence on a $5 billion total for the wall does suggest a real risk of a partial government shutdown. Congress must pass seven appropriations bills by December 7th. Risk a lapse of funding that would interrupt operations at the Department of Homeland Security, Justice Department, State Department, and other federal offices. Congress has a long to-do list for next month. The Violence Against Women Act, government funding as well. House Republicans met with the president of the White House on Tuesday afternoon, but their plan to fund the wall was not immediately clear. GOP sources say they believe Democrats will want to strike a deal, so they start 2019 with a fresh spending slate. But with Nancy Pelosi battling for the speakership and many Democrats in no move for compromise, an accord seems far off. So we'll see how that plays out. That'll come into uh, focus a little more. The the media will certainly focus on it starting next week. And then they'll have the countdown clocks and all the uh, networks, which will warn us that the government's about to shut down in 24 hours. So, am I right? So get ready for that. That'll be next week, though. So we don't have to look at it for a while. Uh nine twenty one here at DWS. Again, Justice Steigman will join us next Friday. And we'll talk about the uh, pink tax with Gail Rost. We had Gail on earlier this summer on a different topic. And uh, she was talking to me. We came across, I've come across several articles regarding uh, pink tax. We'll explain what that is next week we'll have monday morning quarterbacks on monday as well and then some other things sprinkled in as we work our way through the month of december and towards christmas what's on your mind today three five six nine three nine seven back to the phones to dave hey dave how are you i'm doing fine brian what's the, on your mind
4: uh, pre- the previous caller was talking about the quarterback uh hitting the wrong color of uh, uniform consistently I think that if we had a consistent color on a uniform, it may help him a little bit. (laughs) We have some gross uniform colors, especially that gray that I see at homecoming every year. And I think we need to get a consistent color and a consistent helmet.
1: And stick with it, huh? Yes. Yeah.
4: Every other team that's got a good team uh, stays with consistent colors.
1: Well, when you think about it, you're right. I mean, Michigan's pretty consistent. Um, Penn State's pretty consistent. Now, Ohio State's had a couple of different ones this year, but uh, you know what? That a lot of that is is marketing.
4: Yeah, well, we do a poor job of marketing uh, as far as colors go. Yeah, in my opinion.
1: So keep keep it simple. Right. Yeah. Well, I I forget the number of combinations. So I have to go look. It was I think. Um, at least seven or eight different combinations this year. So, well,
2: all right, thank you. maybe
1: that's it. Hey, thank you, Dave. Yep. Appreciate it. Yeah, this it is uh, get a more constant, consistent look on the uniforms. We did wear a lot of different combinations. It was orange, orange, orange. There was orange helmet, white. I don't know if we wore the orange pants. I think we did one time. There was white, white, white. There was all blue. I think there was all orange mixed in there. And he mentioned the interceptions. A couple of callers have mentioned that. A.J. didn't really have a lot of interceptions early in the year. In fact, Illinois was like first in the country for the first, oh, third of the season, first quarter of the season, as far as having no interceptions, or very few. Now, those picked up as the season went on, and they're right about that. Because I think he wound up with either similar numbers, TDs to interceptions, or it was slightly more interceptions. 924 here at DWS. We'll take a break. Penny for your thoughts. Open line time today. What's on your mind? Penny for your thoughts. Back after this. All right, getting in the Christmas spirit here. We now have, I think, at least two trees up in our lobby here in downtown. So if you're ever walking by the uh, News Gazette building in downtown, take a peek in. You can wave at us when you're uh, walking by. We're just behind the glass a little bit here in our downtown studio, Three five six nine three nine seven. Chad Ebert is the owner of Precision Painting, wants to thank his customers for a great outdoor painting season. Now the holidays are upon us. And he ass wouldn't the inside of your house look better with a new coat of paint? Precision Painting now taking bookings for winter, 20% off normal rates in order to keep fully staffed. Precision Painting's goal is to earn your letter of recommendation. And they now have well over 200 local letters of recommendation. 50 Angie's List reviews are A-rated, the recipient of the Super Service Award. But uh, this reminder, winter is the time to paint your interiors. Precision Painting specializes in interior painting. Our experts in repairing drywall, getting rid of ugly wallpaper, removal of dated popcorn ceilings. How about that paneling we used to put up? Remember that? We put up a lot of paneling in our house growing up. I think it's still there. Don't live there in the house anymore, but I think it's still there. They also move all the furniture for you and move it back when they're done. And uh, they also paint kitchen cabinets, too. They can make old or ugly builder-grade cabinets and spray them out in a cabinet finish, completely transforming a kitchen. They paint those cabinets in a non-disruptive way as well. They're efficient. Precision painting is when they're working. They're there. They're working. They're not jumping around from job to job, so they'll get it done, and they know that preparation is seventy-five percent of the job. Chad Ebert, Precision Painting. Think about it. Uh, gets uh, get a visit with them. Get an estimate. www. Of course, uh, Y precision? Why precision. Dot com. And they're confident you'll be happy, guaranteed. Nine twenty-eight. Let's go back to the phones here to uh, Steve. Hey, Steve. Good morning.
5: Good morning, Brian. How are you? Hey, uh, the reason I'm calling is I called before you left for Hawaii with the team, and um, I'm uh, I'm calling back to uh, basically apologize to you and your listeners for the the rant that I I let go with, um, and I also want to apologize to Bobby and Stan. You know they have the right to their viewpoints, and a lot of good men and women gave up to their lives to uh, give them that right to do that. So, apologize for doing that. That's not who I am.
1: Well, I uh, I appreciate that. I'm I'm trying to remember what all you said, but um, it must have been near the end of the show on that Friday.
5: Um. Yeah. I, d- I don't remember mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Um. But. Um, yeah, you know, I just I don't agree with their viewpoints, and mm-hmm. they have their right to theirs, and I have my right to mine. So yeah. anyway, I apologize for that I don't call too often because I don't figure my opinion matters to anybody but me.
1: Oh, I think it's more important than that. Everybody's opinion matters. So,
5: well, just I, I have a habit of every morning I uh, I read a book in Proverbs corresponding to the day, and mm-hmm. I think it was on the 18th I read and. Verse 2 says, um, a fool despises wisdom, but delights in airing his own opinion. Uh, well, <laughs> that kind of speaks to what I just did.
1: Well, hey, that's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. So, and uh, but, uh, some, 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 uh, There is
5: one one issue I do have with your program, and it's not with you. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love penning for your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But uh, every morning when Michael Kaiser gives a weather, his uh, his bent towards global warming is pretty evident when... He says the weather's this or or that, above or below normal. Well, I've lived 60-some years in in Illinois, and about the only thing normal about uh, Illinois weather is at some point in the summer it's going to get hot, and some point in the winter it's going (laughs) to get cold. And past that, that's why you have averages. And it seems like these days that there's such an emphasis on words matter, and it's actually averages, not normal. Ah, uh, okay. Concerning the weather.
1: Well, we have a little sheet uh, Greg Solier gives us that we get that we have on all of our stations, and it just kind of lists the forecast, and it gets down to the what they call the almanac, and it has the sunrise, sunset, and then it just says last year and then normal. So maybe, um, may, maybe, maybe it's Greg. Well, <laughs> I,
5: I hear Greg Solier all the time, yeah. um, and he usually uses the word average. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I'll tell him to do that on his sheet that he sends us. How about that?
5: <laughs> Okay. Thanks, Brian. All I right. really appreciate your show. You're doing an excellent job. Of well, it.
1: thank you, Steve. Great to hear from you, okay? Okay. And,
5: and, uh, thanks again, Brian.
1: And keep reading those Proverbs, all right? Yeah, you betcha. They're good for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 931. Yeah, they got one a day. You can read one a day for every day of the month, as long as there's 31 days, right? All right. Uh, let's see here. Michael Kaiser with the news and the weather and all of that coming up next here on
0: DWS. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWs. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Penny for Your Thoughts rolling
1: on here today. We're going to have Jim Dye join us in hour number two. Carol Varel here in about 10-15 minutes with another cold case preview. Glad you're with us today. Appreciate all the input on everything here on Penny for Your Thoughts. And if you have a topic you want to bring up, certainly you can do that. Interesting today was about football uniforms and uh, rushing the ball more. Straight ahead running. We had a caller wanted straight ahead rushing the football. Illinois did run the ball very, very well. Aren't too many teams that basically line up and try to run over you these days. Wisconsin's one of those that does it pretty much. Iowa, over the years, has been, although even they struggled in the running game this year. And of course, the teams that run the old triple option, like Army and Navy, in some cases Air Force, they're the one of the few that uh, few teams that do that still. Three five six nine three nine seven. All right, a little bit of information here. The shuttles start tomorrow. And, again, the volleyball matches, there are two of them, remember. There's uh, Dayton and Louisville are playing at 4.30. The shuttles begin at 3 o'clock from the Bielefeld Center with the transport. Yes, the parking is free at the State Farm Center. And I believe one of our callers, Susan, I believe, had a question about an event at Bielefeld. There is uh, an invite-only reception for season ticket holders and iFund members. That is what is happening at Bielefeld is the reception there before the Alani play uh, their match. So that's an invitation event. The parking is free. The shuttles start at 3 o'clock tomorrow. And then I dug a little deeper, and uh, Adam helped me find some of this too. The uh, MTD for Friday, November 30th. Match one is at 4.30. Match 2 is at 7, Illinois and Eastern Michigan. MTD Volleyball Transport Service begins at 3 o'clock, ends one hour after the completion of the second match. For Saturday, if the Illini advance, 7 p.m., and of course, there will be a match regardless if they advance or not, but we're hoping that they'll be playing, and I we hope they will. Uh, 7 p.m. match, the MTD Volleyball Transport Service begins at 5.30, ends one hour after the completion of the match. So that's tomorrow. Anyway, that's uh, you can look all that up. MTD has a site, mtd.org, or fightingalani.com. If you have any uh, questions, if you missed some of that, Jim Dye's 11:14:18 uh, article railing against excessive legislative salaries curiously did not mention the salaries of judges, which are as much or more than legislators' salaries. For example, Judge McCuskey is receiving approximately four hundred thousand a year, or thirty-three thousand a month. Maybe he can comment later. We'll we'll have Jim address that. And I also looking at some point, and I know uh, Jim did this over the years on occasion. The last few years was have uh, Judge McCuskey, Justice Steigman, and Jim die all together in the same studio, and we're going to work on that. Maybe either uh, later December or early January. See if we can get that done at some point. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. Text us Castle Heating and Cooling text line, three five one five three five seven. Or email us talk at wdws.com. One other uh, sports-related note: It's not up to IHSA members to decide if high school will look very different starting in 2021. The IHSA yesterday advancing the so-called district format, now putting it before member schools to vote next month. The proposal would do away with conferences, instead grouping teams into eight districts based on geography. There would still be a nine-week regular season with a team playing the others in its district, plus two opponents of the school's choice. And then the top four teams from each of the eight groups, this is all just a proposal, the top four teams from each of the eight groups would qualify for the playoffs. Playoff classes would be set ahead of the season. The IHSA will reveal how schools voted on December the 18th. And uh, if they were to vote for all that, it wouldn't start until 2021. But that's an interesting idea. All right, let's see here. Let me go to uh, today in history a little bit here. Carol Varell will join us in a few minutes with a a cold case review. Uh, This day in 1947, the United Nations called for the partitioning of Palestine between the Arabs and Jews and the creation of an independent Jewish state. Thirty-three members, including the United States, voted in favor of that resolution. Thirteen voted against, while ten abstained. The plan, rejected by the Arabs, was never implemented. That was back in 1947. And uh, this was the day in 1990 the U.N. Security Council passed a resolution, if you remember this, authorizing military action against Iraq if it didn't withdraw from Kuwait by January 15th of 1991. That occurred on this day in 1990. Uh, the first Army-Navy football game, I think Dave Gentry and Dave Lone were talking about this, 1890, first Army-Navy game played at West Point. Navy won it 24 to nothing. The Lions played their first traditional Thanksgiving Day home game. Of course, that's become a great tradition now, but they lost to the Bears 19-16 to 16 in that. And Eddie Robinson ended his 56-year coaching career at Grambling. 408 wins, the most in Division I college football at the time, 1997, at Grambling. So that's been 20 years ago. And also on this day, 1972, and you'll have to listen close here, but this was uh, what came on the scene, the coin-operated video arcade game, Pong. Made its debut at Andy Cap's Tavern in Sunnyvale, California. You may have had this in your home, by the way. Listen close. Sound familiar? <laughs> sounds so old, doesn't it? Yeah, that was Pong. How about that? Nineteen? Did you you have a flashback there for a moment? Uh, 942, 1972. Coin-operated video arcade game Pong. Of course, you're able to get it, set it up on your TV, and have hours of entertainment (laughs) at your disposal. And happy birthday to one of my favorite people, Vin Scully. Hall of Fame Sportscasters 91 today. And I saw a guy I know pretty well, Gary Dolphin, got into a little bit of trouble with Iowa. He uh, threw it to a commercial break and uh, made some comments about the uh, Hawkeye. Pitt was playing Iowa, and he made some comments about how good Pitt's young players were, uh, their freshman players, and they didn't realize they were on the air. They missed a break back at the uh, control center. And so he threw it to a break, and then he started talking with Bobby Hansen about – the Pitt recruits and wound up making somewhat of a, you know, just reference to Iowa's recruit and how he always had his head down and dribbles into double teams and so forth and didn't realize he was on the air. And he's been suspended two games for that. So he's going to miss uh, two Big Ten games. As a result, that all happened just uh, yesterday, I guess a couple of days ago in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. Know Gary pretty well. Always have to remember, we're taught, and he knows it too. He's a veteran broadcaster, but you always understand that even if the mic is off or you think you might be off, you're probably still on somewhere. So you got to be careful with that. Three five six nine three nine seven. our text line, always available to you. You can always do the text line if you'd like to go that route, to 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com, 944. 944- Stan, how are you, sir?
6: Hey, good morning. Boy, I must have popped right up there. Hey. Anyway, you had a caller yesterday afternoon. I tried to call back and respond to her. She was bemoaning the fact that uh, there were not, not enough or no Republicans uh, holding office now in, I believe, it was Champaign County. And she just seemed to think that was totally wrong. I'll bet you anything, by multiple But in 2010, when the Republicans won all those seats, he wasn't calling in to complain about the Republicans winning too many seats.
1: You mean in the House?
6: House? Everywhere. In 2010, the Republicans uh, won more than 700 seats. This time around, the Democrats nationwide won won more than 300 seats. So they they did a lot better, but they've also had eight years to... uh, gerrymander the maps and to uh, get uh, assistance from Russia and other uh, foreign countries to, to keep them in power and all sorts of other stuff. And, and now we have found, once again, that Trump is a liar because his uh, lawyer, Michael Cohen, this morning uh, pled guilty for lying to Congress. You already talked about this, right?
1: Oh, Michael Cohen? Yeah, uh, we mentioned that. It was on the news at the top of the hour.
6: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He pled guilty to lying to Congress about uh, a Trump tower in Moscow, and Trump was on the campaign trail saying, no, 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 no. I don't have any dealings with Russia. I don't have any, any indication of doing anything in Russia. And at the same time, he was asking Russia to uh, break into Clinton's emails. I mean, so, how, much data do, how much data do conservatives need before they realize they've got a, a liar in chief?
1: So you say there's plenty of evidence for that, huh?
6: Oh, there was in 2016. Yes. Okay. All it right. Well, it was. Uh, it was part of the steel dossier. Yeah,
1: and you think the uh, the fact in Champaign County that you know, I think the caller was more surprised than anything because some of those offices have been held for a long time. I mean, we're talking 70, yeah, she, 70 years by Republicans.
6: As she was saying, how uh, there should be some Republicans holding office still
2: yeah.
6: and she was bemoaning the fact that democrats swept the election and i'll bet you she didn't do that when republicans swept so many elections in 2010
1: all right hey stan That's thank cold, you call hypocrisy brian thank you sir appreciate it three five six nine three nine seven is our uh, phone number back to the phones here to carl hey caller or i mean carl <laughs> yeah <laughs> Caller, hey, caller carl yes
7: yeah, I uh
1: Go ahead, Carl. You there? Oh, he dropped off. Oh, Gremlin got him. Okay, uh Dave. Hey Dave, how are you?
8: I'm doing fine. Um I'd like to call I mean I'd like to compliment the previous caller who was man enough, uh, courage enough to call in and apologize for for making fun of Stan. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, I think that's, uh, that's a sign of a big person. And uh, as much as I disagree with what uh, some of these comments Dan makes, I don't think he should be made fun of or chastised for expressing his opinion. I don't you know. That's, that's another form of bullying, and there's too much bullying going on in our, in our society. And, uh, and uh, that being said, I can't help but think back when uh, Jim died. Uh, made this starkey comment about there should arrange uh, a cage match for Stan and some other caller. I, I just don't see any place for that. Hmm. And, um, again, to that individual who called in, I think we need more of that.
1: All right. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate your call and your time. 948 here at DWS. We'll have Jim Dye with us today. We had an, another school I, a show I had laid out, and then we had to reschedule it with uh, Jerome Chambers and Mike Hale. We'll do that in mid-December closer to Christmas, Uh, scheduling conflicts. So Jim Dye will join me. Carol Varel will join me here in a moment. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Penny for your thoughts here on DWS. Hey, congratulations to uh, Shorty Eichelberger. I see she was honored. The uh, dedication Wednesday of Eichelberger Hall at the uh, 4-H Memorial Camp in Monticello. Has volunteered for years. Been inducted into both the Illinois 4-H Hall of Fame and the National 4-H Hall of Fame. Shorty Eichelberger, of course, involved with the softball team heavily at the University of Illinois, but uh, 4-H Hall of Famer as well. 3,200-square-foot structure will allow 4-Hers to participate not only in arts and crafts, but also STEM projects and music and dance activities. So congratulations to Shorty Eichelberger. And also congratulations uh, Chase McLaughlin, honored as the Big Ten Kicker of the Year. That came out a day or two ago. Chase McLaughlin, one of our listeners, texting in. And the uh, sophomore at the University of Michigan, Will Hart, was the Dyke Edelman Fields Big Ten Punter of the Year Award. That award named for Dyke Edelman, of course, from the University of Illinois. So congratulations to both of those young men. Got a young lady in here. Carol Varel is here. How are you, Carol?
9: Oh, thank you for that.
1: Yeah, how are you doing?
9: I feel young all the time. Well, I young know, at some, heart. A lot right? of times, <laughs> my dad used to say, "Why don't you act your age?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> why do that? Why I start? Know, <laughs> why
9: start now? Right? <laughs>
1: it's too late. Well, we have another cold case, and uh, talking about bank robberies this weekend, right?
9: Yeah, we're going to change things up a little bit this month, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to go ahead and feature two armed robberies of uh, a bank in Urbana, Mm -hmm. First Mid-Illinois Bank and Trust at 601 South Vine Street in Urbana. Uh, The bank was hit in April and in July of 2016, and it appears that it's the same guy who robbed the bank each time. Totally covered in clothing from head to toe, wearing a ski mask, basically the same clothing both times, there's a little bit of difference, um, armed with a gun and um, luckily nobody hurt you know, only employees in the bank looks like he scoped the place out first to make sure that apparently there were no customers in the bank but you know the big thing is nobody was hurt he did not use the the, the gun but as part of what we're going to be featuring is um, a lot of still photos um, color photos of the robber from both robberies, I, I mean it just—I get goosebumps when yeah, I think about it. got some it.
1: great photos of it.
9: Yeah, the yeah. bank security cameras these mm. days are just amazing, and also then we also have some video that you you just got to see. Um, it'll be on our website dot wdws.com as well, um, of the gunman. Coming into the bank, you can see him between the two front doors putting the mask on. Unfortunately, you can't see his face real mm. clearly. And then he comes in, hands stretched out in front of him, gone. Mm. It just, I, 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 like I said, I, chilling, I get goosebumps huh? yeah. when I think about it. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine as an employee, as a customer, although once again, there were no customers in the bank, what would it be like to be confronted by a man who's pointing a gun at you.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't imagine. I've been forced. I haven't had that happen yet. uh, I don't ever want to. No, that's true.
9: (laughs) So police need your help. Um, He had gloves on as well and so he didn't leave any fingerprints and um, there is one photo of him running from the bank that you can see uh, an image of his face. Uh, And maybe if somebody... Somebody might be able to recognize him from that photo, hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Because, boy, police sure would like to solve these crimes. Yeah,
1: so all of that will be in the paper, online? In the paper
9: and online um, on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, wdws.com, news com, And then on Monday morning, I'll have a radio story.
1: And what was the bank again? Where was it? It was First
9: Mid Illinois Bank and Trust at 601 South Fine Street. Hmm. You know, and the, another interesting thing is that's only like a block south of... The police department.
1: Yeah. And I was going to say, that's Amazingly. right near every, downtown and yeah, everything. Yeah,
9: right downtown. Yeah. And the, the first robbery occurred uh, during um, the Christie Clinic Illinois Marathon and on Friday, April 29th of 2016. And that was the day of the 5K race. Hmm. The one uh, almost three months later on July 16th occurred on a Saturday morning during the farmer's market. So there were a lot of people around town Yeah, distractions and, and so yeah, forth. Yeah. And so police are hoping that, gosh, maybe somebody saw something. Hmm.
1: All right. Well, we appreciate it. We'll look forward to all of that. Yeah. Complete I've, coverage. You'll have podcasts too. Uh, podcast radio, as well. Radio Absolutely. Station.
9: Don't so. want to leave that out on the website. The, yeah. Um a podcast where I talked to the investigator and an employee who was actually there during the robbery. Did
1: they get away with a lot of money? Um or do we know?
9: We they generally don't disclose that. Okay. Okay. Well, thank so, you,
1: Carol. Oh, you We'll bet. look forward to it. Thank Carol, you for Car- inviting me. You're welcome. Back in a moment on Penny for Your Thoughts here, Jim Dye after the news at 10. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts, 9.59, we're about 10 seconds away from the news from CBS. Jim Dye joins me after the news, a quick first hour, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock Central at the Tone.
0: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Welcome back, Penny for Your Thoughts. On a Thursday,
1: November twenty ninth, we continue with our open line here this hour. Although Jim Dye is going to sit in with me, and uh, Jim Dye made his debut on Monday morning quarterbacks a couple of weeks ago.
10: Man, that was did, did, fun! Did you have fun with that? Oh yeah! I yeah, got to share were... the share the microphone with the great Lauren Tate. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a you had a supervisor in here to make sure I didn't go too far afield yeah. and Jim Lewis was, did a good job. It was, it was enjoyable. Just, yeah, good. Well good to
1: have you back. We haven't had you on since after the election.
10: But you know, uh, uh, well, I should say, as you know, um it's always the callers that make the shows. So oh, sure. we had a lot to talk about uh, that particular day.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have some sports and news to talk about with you today. And we'll uh, also take calls from our listeners. You can uh, call us, 356-9397. That's the old-fashioned way, of course. It's been around forever. And uh, you can text us. That's more recent. Of course, uh, 217-351-5357. Or you can email us, talk at com. I uh, saw an article or editorial today about the Champaign County Nursing Home and we the just, and the money there that they they keep spending. A, the I money see.
10: pit. It's a money pit. it just keeps just keeps going. So well, What did you what
1: does it say the uh news is bad and worse
10: or there's something like that? There's two kinds of news associated with the nursing home. There's the bad news and then there's the worse news. So yeah. <laughs> And I suppose there'll probably be another one, another iteration after that. It'll be bad, worse and worser.
1: <laughs> Sounds like the state of Illinois, doesn't it?
10: It does. Yeah. yeah. Boy, <laughs> yeah.
1: And you, you also wrote recently about the Lovey Smith contract extension. Yes, and I did. I took
10: a foray into the a rare bit of sports writing for me in my column, and yeah, I did write about Lovey and and Josh's uh, what may or may not be a roll of the dice. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll have to see.
1: Yeah, we'll see what the uh, trustees approve eventually. Uh, In January, I think, is when it is. But But I've been uh, watching
10: the football coaches be fired all across the country. It's been kind of a slow start, but there were some notable dismissals.
1: Mm -hmm. With some big
10: money, big buyouts. You know that's not such a bad gig, is it, to have somebody owe you fourteen million dollars, like Bobby Petrino is owed by the University of Louisville. Twelve, it's either twelve eight. It ranges between twelve eight and fourteen three, but I think I can make a go of it on either number. Yeah. Well, there's
1: the old uh, thing we chuckle about. Where you can say, well, you know, because sometimes they'll they, a severance they'll pay you five million dollars to leave yeah and if people will say well you can pay me five million dollars <laughs> so i'll go be away. happy to leave <laughs> <laughs> to go
10: i don't want to work here anyhow right
1: <laughs> all right some text came in a reaction stan always evokes some reaction uh, it says thank you stan i'm politically independent democrats like you remind me to give republican russia 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 come on and move on find a new cross to bear uh, Stan and,
10: Is Stan irritating the callers again? Uh,
1: he did, yes. And Stan shows so much respect for the president. His side calls the president racist, Nazi, homophobe, so forth. I always refer to the president as the president, even with President Obama, with who I disagreed on almost every policy. You have to earn respect. What was the thing you learned in kindergarten? A couple of things you learned. There's, there's that old adage about everything I need to know about life I learned in kindergarten. One is to keep your hands to yourself. Don't take what's not yours and don't call people names, right? Isn't
10: that Yeah, that's a that's hard for people to learn because you know we're we're such a so many people are prisoners of their emotions and I, certainly that includes me. But you know, we saw that uh we saw what happens when people let their mouths run wild uh, a day or two ago on the floor of the uh the legislature when yeah. one legislator said she'd like to basically murder the family of <laughs> of, of another legislator with uh, by poisoning them. So that was kind of a A good example of maybe sticking your foot in your mouth.
1: Jim Dye is with us here this hour, just open line conversation. Jim is well-rounded in all areas of life. Let's go to Kent. Hey Kent, good morning. How are you this morning? Good.
11: Hey, I I need some clarification here. I saw a uh, video last night of uh, President Obama taking credit for the United States being the largest oil producer in the world, uh, saying, hey, that was me. I don't know if you saw that video or not.
10: I've heard about that comment. I have. I did not see it, but I, I well, read about I, it.
11: I, and now I'm confused. I don't know whether to thank him for making us the largest producer of oil in the world or vilify him for destroying the planet. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether I should congratulate him for uh, a larger lie than the time lie of the year. You can keep your doctor, yada, yada. I don't know, uh, by looking at it, it was very peculiar. I don't know if he has a drinking problem or if he's reliving his Al Bundy-like glory days of playing high school football or what's going on. I mean, it was totally bizarre. Uh, it reminded me of Edith Ann, Lily Thomas Edith Ann character sitting in the big chair saying, uh, what was it? Uh, and that's the truth. You know, it was just the weirdest thing I've seen in a long time.
10: Well, you know, President Obama, former President Obama, is uh, like a lot of politicians. When he sees good things happening, he wants to take the credit for it, whether he had anything to do with it or not. As I said, that's not not unusual. Your your point is a good one. I've got
11: to wonder, did did he forget that Al Gore invented this thing called the Internet, (laughs) and it's all out there? You know, I don't know what you know what politicians
10: say. Poli- you can't take too much <laughs> of it seriously, but you know this is a guy that uh, I mean pr- he's clearly not responsible for the oil boom right now. I mean he, because he was actually his policies were opposed to uh, did what they could to limit oil production. Now he couldn't limit oil production on public on private lands, but he certainly tried to do so on on public lands. And he's also the guy that uh, that ridiculed openly ridiculed. Uh, vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin when she suggested that uh, more aggressive drilling could could solve uh, our energy woes and uh, so that's the record but you know he just like he wants to take credit for the the current uh, economy he wants to take credit for the current uh, energy boom and I think the people that really deserve the credit for the energy boom are the uh, are the uh, frackers because that's what's really opened things up and turned the U.S. into in, once again into an energy powerhouse, and made irrelevant well, you know, the, the countries in the Middle East.
11: And with that too, uh, we talk about lowering the footprint of the United States is the only country that's lowered their carbon footprint. You want to thank somebody for doing it? It's the frackers
10: through the natural you gas. Know. You're right.
11: That's right. Yes, it's 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 just bizarre that whole that whole little thing of his the other night was really bizarre. I mean even even you can you can pass on, on on politicians like to take take the credit for things when they're good, uh whether they were in office or not. But you know, I I kinda gotta wonder about worry a little bit about the man's sanity and mental stability at this point because it was really
1: yeah. really odd. I think politicians as Jim said, politicians do that all the time. I mean that's and, and, <laughs> You know, economy yeah, e- economies are so huge. You know, they they there are certain policies that people put in place, or hint that they're going to do, or there are certain policies that one party has and another one doesn't that encourages things. But you know, things don't change the day a new president takes office from one day to the next. It's more well, it long term It depends right?
11: uh, on, on whether they succeed or fail. How yeah. the, you know how the how it gets spun, right how, how know, it eventually so, yeah, plays so, yeah, out. So they jump yeah. On it. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks, Ken. Well, hey, listen, I, if you have a great week, uh, and tell everybody, everybody, Merry Christmas, and and uh, thank you so much. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Three
1: five six nine three nine seven. You going to volleyball? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
10: I'm actually a season ticket holder for volleyball. So You got your order in? I got my order in, but I, I didn't get it in in time to get my regular seats, so I'm going to be have a little. little worse seating on uh, Friday.
1: By the way, we're talking about tickets and uh, transportation to and from State Farm Center Uh and parking and all of that. Also, the uh, Department of Intercollegiate Athletics, because we ordered our tickets too, they said, in an effort to avoid potential delays or long lines at Huff on the night of the match, we highly encourage you to come back to get your tickets in advance. This can be done visiting the West Lobby of the State Farm Center, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, through Thursday, which is today. with well, The first match on Friday will call via State Farm Center until 1 tomorrow, and uh, then you'll be able to pick them up at Huff Hall starting at 3.30 on Friday. So you might want to stop by State Farm Center. You know, I went today. to the
10: Purdue match Saturday night, and they had a lot of people that were picking things up at, uh, at the uh – We'll call center at Huff, and their line was unbelievable. <laughs> and I was glad I wasn't in it. <laughs> so people should keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, go get your tickets at the Assembly Hall, State Farm Center. Save yeah. yourself mm-hmm. a lot of trouble. You can just walk right in.
1: All right, three five six nine three nine seven ten eighteen. Here we're with Jim Die. Got some questions specifically for Mister Dye. We'll get to those. Here's Mark.
4: Hey, Mark. Hey, good morning, Brian. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Hey, I got a question concerning a cold case, which would be. My friend Sam Huntington, since uh, he he died, uh, how come you're not looking into that, Jim? I sent you all the information in a video that showed the lie, the fraudulent document put out by the MTD.
10: Well, I think I mean, what you, you say, the cold case. I mean, I, this gentleman was injured in a in an accident involving the MTD, and I think there's some litigation over that, and he and and the suit did not end up going his way. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, it got yeah. thrown out.
10: Okay, but so but what is again, there? I mean, that's a civil litigation matter. That what is there to investigate?
4: Well, they created a fraudulent document. That's a crime. That's criminal action, and the MTD's management got away with it. And yet, I got ample proof to show that that was a crime. And and for it to be ignored, the state's attorney won't touch it. It's not in their purview. The attorney general won't touch it. It's not in their purview. I've tried about six other government entities, and nobody will touch it. And here, I maybe that's
10: because they think there's nothing there to pursue.
4: Did you look at the video?
10: I did not look at the video. I did not look. You didn't
4: look. Well, you should look at that video. It's quite clear that that was a male driver involved when they sent out a, a document saying it was a female driver. That's fraud. That's criminal fraud. The man died. Does it become vehicular manslaughter now because he died from his injuries due to that? incident
10: on the bus i, I, I think I'm your best fault. i think your best uh, avenue this is to try to reopen the civil matter if you think you have some merit to that mm-hmm. and uh, and go from there
1: all right hey thanks mark appreciate it we need a break back with more some questions specifically for jim dive come in on the text line and we're back after this Ten twenty two here at DWS and thirty two degrees downtown Champaign. Just a little hint of sunshine here as we work our way until the end of November. We'll have a flashback Friday tomorrow in the second hour. Sinead Madigan will join us in the first hour from Health Alliance. I want to remind you, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, our friend Steve and Pam Starwald at Keller Williams, hey, you can always reach them. Two three nine seventy one fifty six. If they're with a client, that number Uh, is uh, Pam's cell phone. It'll roll to her cell phone, and she'll get right back to you. Pam has also completed training and earned a certificate, makes her a senior real estate specialist. So if you're in that stage of life assisting those, maybe at a time when you need to downsize, she can help specifically with that. Both Steve and Pam grew up in Champaign-Urbana, graduated locally. They know the area extremely well. Uh, If you're looking to uh, sell, give them a call. They can meet with you with no obligation on your end to discuss your time frame and urgency to sell. Uh, for selling, home inspection, appraisal process, closings. They are with you the entire way. And uh, they're the husband and wife team. Same people on the same page with you throughout this entire process. They've got a great team, outstanding team to work with them on home inspections and lenders. And But uh, you're going to get that one-on-one, or in this case, uh, two-on-two or two-on-one care that you you deserve from uh, Steve and Pam Starwalt from Keller Williams. 239-7156 is the number. You can Google Starwalt. You can Google Steve or Pam, Google them both. It'll show up, get a hold of them, give them a call. However you need to reach them, Uh, they can help out right away and walk you through the entire process and tell me. You can tell this is a lot more than just uh, even buying a car. There's a lot, a lot of paperwork and a lot of things you have to think about. So 239-7156 is the number. Visiting with Jim Dye. I had an article you did back on November 14th uh, the texter says we mentioned this earlier, railing against excessive legislative salaries. Curiously, did not mention the salaries of judges, which are as much or more than legislators' salaries. For example, Judge McCuskey is receiving approximately four hundred thousand dollars a year, or thirty-three thousand a month. Maybe he can comment on that. So, sure,
10: I, yeah, I'd be happy to. First of all, was the article was not about judicial salaries; it was about legislative pensions, and the, the, the. Uh, the article on which my—I forget now whether it was a column or an editorial—can't <laughs> uh, keep track—was uh, based on an article. That 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 writing by me was based on a on a investigation of legislative pensions and how legislators kind of rigged the pensions to really kind of fatten their uh, and feather their own nests. So it wasn't really an article on salaries per se. It was on it was on pensions. As far as Judge McCuskey, Judge McCuskey. Is not making a salary of three hundred or whatever four hundred thousand a year. Yeah. yeah, what he is is he is a retired federal judge who has a pension from the federal government, which is set by federal law, and he all and he wo- works as a straight state trial judge. So he has a pension and a salary, not not just one big salary. So that's what it's about. It's uh, income from two different entities. I mean, it's certainly a lot of money, and one could say it's too much money, but uh, that's what it is. Tom writes
1: in. He says the fourth train wreck in a row in Illinois football will be in 2019. Tom says, he says, Mr. Whitman and Mr. Smith need to go. The stands are going to be nearly empty at Memorial Stadium next fall. That's from Tom. And uh, when has a government shutdown really ever been a complete government shutdown? Because we're looking at at least a partial one a week from tomorrow, I guess. Yeah,
10: that's it's not, because uh, substantial parts of the, the federal government operate on, uh, uh, <laughs> well, they just operate on their own, whether there's anybody there or not. That would be things like uh, law enforcement and Social Security and all the rest of that stuff. So he's right. It's not a total shutdown, and I hope we would avoid a total shutdown. The parties use these against each other to uh, to um, gain um Legislative advantages, and so we're going to threaten, I guess, a shutdown of the government unless the Democrats give get what they want yeah. from Trump, or Trump gets what he wants from the Democrats. He wants
1: five billion for the wall, and they want, right now have one point five billion.
10: But, well, I I don't <clears throat> I don't see uh, that happening, but I mean it could, and so they'll have to work out the details. I hope they do, because a shutdown. Helps no one. I mean, it certainly doesn't help the party that forces it. Didn't help the Republicans when they forced a the shutdown under Trump. And it didn't help the... Under Clinton. The Democrats yeah. when they've tried to, when they've forced a shutdown mm-hmm. under, uh, did I, what did I say? I you said didn't it help the, yeah. didn't help the Republicans when they forced <laughs> a shutdown under Clinton. And yeah. it didn't help the Democrats when they forced a shutdown under Trump. Well,
1: so. what, I, and I, you and I both watch a lot of politics. Sometimes <laughs> you just kind of chuckle, you know, you think, because I heard somebody refer I think it was Steve Scalise was being interviewed and he said, you know, well, the upcoming Schumer shutdown, referring to Charles Schumer, they they, they attach a name to it. Absolutely. And it's like, okay, uh, well, so I try to I try to
10: leverage uh, I try to leverage my advantages for myself by shutting down the government. Then you try to leverage political advantages for yourself by putting my name on it. Yeah, it's just a. Let's just get it taken care of. Well, and the
1: other – and what will happen here, too, is with all the stuff happening in Tijuana on the border with the caravan and people sometimes rushing the border and they're holding them in Mexico right now. And the president's been talking to the incoming president of Mexico about using that as a holding place, basically, until they can get them processed. And there's a couple of judges that have weighed in and said you can't do that. And so there's all kinds of – what do you make of all of
10: that? Well, it's just, you know, we have uh checks and balances and uh nobody has uh total control of anything and so we just kind of, and when when people are at odds like this, we just kind of have all these skirmishes. Now, as far as the country of Mexico, I, it's, it's interesting, why did Mexico let these people in, in the first place and now that they're there, what are they going to do with them? I understand the people in Tijuana are not very happy about uh what's going on. So <laughs> this is just political theater in a, in kind yeah. of in a very ugly way. And,
1: and I think a lot of times you get into a what I call a faculty lounge philosophical discussion over what to do with immigration. And then you have a story like this where it forces people to look at what actually happens when people show up at the border and want in for asylum or other reasons. Right. And it shows where the holes are and what's happening. I mean, the... the the courts down there, from what I'm told and read, are overwhelmed with yeah, are. processing cases. So sure. people are let go, and then sometimes they, they never
10: come back. They, come, they, yeah, they don't, don't come, come back. back. So once you get once you cross once you get your foot across the border, uh, you're in because they're going to take you into custody. They're going to schedule you for a trial. They're going to give you a notice to appear, and you're not going to appear, and that's the end of it.
1: And I've had other people that I've seen say, "Well, no, sixty uh, percent of them come back," and I'm like, "Well, I don't know, you know, who's." Whose facts are looking at, or who's quoting whose These facts? These people are not seeking
10: us. Yeah. What we call in the conventional sense asylum. They they're not happy in their home countries because their home countries are very pleasant places to be and live and prosper. And so they want to come here. Like millions of people all over the all over the world want to come to the United States because it's perceived as a land of opportunity, which it is. On the other hand, how many millions of people can we take? Mm-hmm. There's a limit. And as, as Hillary Clinton herself said the other day, when you, when you start, I don't know what prompted her to say this, but when you start bringing in millions of people from other countries that are not, you know, not, not Americans or not Germans or not French, then you're creating this kind of culture clash that has a destabilizing effect on the country's politics. Now that was Hillary Clinton saying that. And I think she's right about that. And more people ought to think about what she said. Uh, before they start advocating essentially what are open borders
1: all right let's go back to the phones here before the news to ann good morning ann
12: i was interested in that case of a caller named mark about the mtd mm-hmm. yeah
10: mark thompson mm-hmm. uh, oh,
12: uh, oh uh, is there any way could uh, he call in and give his phone number i wanted to talk to him uh, mtd has a Well, they've been sued many times, and they simply stick the taxpayer with the their legal fees. Well, that's it's a a public entity. How else
10: could uh, who else would pay for it?
1: Well, what we can do, uh, Ann, is we'll have Mark, if he's listening, he can call back in to Adam, and then Adam, our producer, will get his number.
10: Well, you know, you that'd be fine. But let me just say, you know, say the MPD has been sued many times, and of course. It has been sued many times because, and it's because they have accidents, and they're like any public entity, they get sued. Well,
12: they, they, they have other problems too. They oh, have sure. a bus drivers who the well, My who point is, he my point is and that, and, so
10: and there was a case where there was a ten million dollar verdict, but this is a case where the MTD was found not liable. And so, therefore, it didn't have to pay out any money. So, anyhow. And you're referring to that. Well, the, I the think
12: other... they may have been liable. I, I'd like to get Mark's phone number so I could contact him okay. and tell him.
1: Well, what we'll try to do, and we'll hopefully this will work, is um, he'll call back in give it to Adam. You can call then, the same number you oh, okay. just called, well, and then maybe Adam can give it to you. So we can do it that way. Okay?
12: Okay. Uh, thank you.
1: All right. Thanks, Ann. Appreciate it. Three five We're here with Jim Dye. Uh, texter says since 1976 there have been 18 government shutdowns. I haven't kept track, but
10: that's 18 too many. But yes,
1: <laughs> I just I always get chuckled at the uh, tickled at the uh, countdown clocks on all the uh, you know when we get to next Thursday there'll be a 24 hour.
10: Countdown clock. Now, this is, is this over the debt limit, or is this over the the, the lack of a budget? I mean, I lose track. They, they they've had them for both reasons. I think
1: they've had an extended what they call the continuing resolutions. I think it was put off until after the election, till right about now, and then uh, and there's some bills, other things are supposed to have passed by now that they haven't. So hmm. anyway, funding bills. All right, here's Michael Kaiser with the weather. More uh, phone calls, emails, and texts coming up here on Penny for Your Thoughts.
0: A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400, WDWS.
1: Penny for Your Thoughts continues here with Jim Dye with us here on Penny for Your Thoughts up until the top of the hour. Tomorrow morning at 9, Sinead Madigan from Health Alliance with some news Medicare Advantage, some reminders. We'll do that in the 9 o'clock hour. 10 o'clock hour, Flashback Friday. And we'll do that. Of course, it's the last hour of the last Friday of the month.
10: What are you flashing back this time? Well, we keep that a secret until... Oh, tomorrow, okay.
1: So. <laughs> that's classified information. I'm sorry. If you yeah, told me, you'd it's,
10: have it's, to kill me, right? That's right. <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I'm sorry I asked.
1: Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Highly classified. Uh, let's see here. For Mr. Die, it's getting to be a regular story. Young people shot at a fraternity and house parties. Are there any local ordinances regarding crowd size? before permit required or hours allowed? If not, do you think it
10: would help? Uh, Boy, I'm not aware of any shootings of fraternities, but I I guess the guy's talking basically about the shootings that have uh, occurred. You know, I don't know, you're gonna have people at parties and how do you police that? I think there are noise ordinances uh, that uh, sometimes draw the attention of police, but I think those are complaint-based, so if nobody complained, probably nobody would get involved. The, uh, the shooting business, uh, you know, that's one of those things that's really hard to understand because it is so, it is so self-destructive and foolish and dangerous. I, I don't know what we're going to do about this, really. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, trying to deal with, we're trying to deal with a population here that doesn't really seem to recognize many bounds or limits right. on their behavior. And they're very impulsive, and they do things that are very self-destructive to yeah. them and to others.
1: 3569397. Jim Dye is our guest here today up until 11 o'clock. We're just taking open line conversations. Uh, whatever's on your mind, you can uh, send those along to uh, one or both of us if you'd like. Jim Dye says, I have a question. Maryland used to be a really good ACC basketball team. Yeah. Since joining the Big Ten, they haven't been as good. They haven't won an ACC or Big Ten challenge as a Big Ten member. Why do you think that is? Do you think they play to their competition? The Big Ten is now probably just as good as the ACC. ACC used to be the dominant league in basketball when Maryland was an ACC member. That's from Mike.
10: Yeah, Maryland's got a great uh, tradition uh, going back to the days of Lefty Drysdale and probably before that, so I don't know much about the history of uh, Maryland before Lefty, but uh, yeah, they had some great teams, particularly with Gary Williams. He had, and they won a national championship uh-huh. with Gary Williams and have, have they how have they done since they've gone to I think they're still pretty good still pretty good I mean they and yeah. I wouldn't uh, write them off by any stretch they lost last night to Virginia, Virginia. in a very close game so uh, I'm not sure they've fallen as far as you think they have although the competition in the Big 10 is pretty brutal but then on the other hand when you're in the ACC and you got to compete with North Carolina and Duke which they did I mean they went head to head with them uh, for years under Gary Williams I think did, who succeeded Gary Williams was that Turgeon
1: no. Uh, was there Jim O'Brien? May have been in between. I just don't one, remember. one of them had got in trouble and had to resign. Well,
10: Jim O'Brien was at Ohio State. Okay. Maryland. Of course, yeah. you know, when Gary Williams was at Ohio yeah, State, you're right. he left a team for a- Randy Ayers It was just unbelievable. Right. And so that guy was a heck of a recruiter. There might have been a, some fall-off <coughs> after Williams retired because he was such a tremendous yeah. coach and recruiter. We'll look it up. But you I see, wouldn't write him off. It seems easy. to me like... When they play Illinois, they give us more than we can handle. Yeah,
1: Mark, uh, Mark Turgeon has been the coach there the last several years. Yeah. Uh, came from Texas A&M, had been at Wichita State and so forth. Uh, talking about the caravan, I guess, is, it says here they could have gone to Texas in half the time. Talking about the caravan, I guess. They went way over to Tijuana. I, I'm assuming that's what they're referring to. Well, they
10: went across over into California. <laughs> the,
1: the uh, ACC, Sandy,
10: everybody wants to live in San Diego, you know
1: <laughs> weather's pretty nice. Yeah, it is uh, the ACC Big Ten challenge, by the way, was seven seven this year. finished in a
10: tie. The only game I care about came out the wrong way. Illinois, oh, Illinois no- and yeah,
1: Illinois. Notre Dame, yeah. we used to play Notre Dame all the time.
10: And we should again, but I heard the announcer the other day for Notre Dame say that they their their uh, schedule is such now that with so many ACC games they're playing that it's hard to that it's hard to uh schedule a team like Illinois. What that means is it's hard they don't want to schedule a team they might lose to because they want to schedule a team they can beat and make sure they get to twenty wins. Well
1: and the other point he made is they're playing in that crossroads classic it's called down at uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, the old Conseco fieldhouse in Indy against Purdue and Indiana and Notre Dame yeah. and the Butler. So they're involved in that every yeah. year now, which is a revival of the old one they used to do at Hinkle Fieldhouse. You know, the uh,
10: if they would do Illinois, Notre Dame, and Chicago every year, it, wouldn't, it would take no time at all for that to be as big a game in Chicago as Illinois, Missouri is in St. Louis. Well, Notre
1: Dame, and I don't know if they still do, but for years they were on a Chicago radio station. I think WLS used to carry...
10: Oh All yeah, the Notre Dame I football mean, and basketball. Notre Dame has a huge following in Chicago, and Illinois has a huge following in Chicago. The, it just makes so much sense. But uh, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to schedule games you're going to lose. <laughs> it makes it too makes much so, sense. Right? It makes too much sense from the fans' <laughs> well point talk, of view. Not so, necessarily from a coach's point of
1: view. Talking to Brad Underwood, he'd love to do it. He wants to do it. Well,
10: yeah, yeah because we have we're going to play in Chicago anyhow, right? Yeah. That's we right. Might as well, draw a game where we don't have to do trade-a-home-and-home home thing right? and just have it be a neutral court game for both teams, and it would certainly be 50-50 in the stands, it, it makes perfect sense.
1: Back to the phones here to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Hey,
7: guys. How are you? Good. Good. Um, a question for Jim. Um, Mark Thompson called in earlier and asked you if you had looked at the, the video link or the evidence that he
10: had sent into, you and you said no. Right. How come? Well, because I've dealt with Mark before on this issue, and I've looked at some of the stuff that he's submitted, and it didn't strike me as anything that was worth my time because the issue's already been litigated and dismissed in court.
7: Okay. Now, there's evident, There's people out there who witnessed and said it was a male
10: driver, not a female. Okay, but the, you know, I'm I I'm not going to dispute that. I don't know anything about it. But the question would be, was the MTD liable? not whether the question is was it a male or a female. So if the MTD won the case on the merits uh, it may have been a mistake to say that it was a male driver instead of a female or vice versa or whatever it was. I would see that not necessarily being relevant to the core issue of liability.
7: But if there's, if there's documented evidence that no it wasn't a female driver, it was a male and there's evidence that there's going on for the side of mtd that's not accurate that was actually more likely not true then that yeah means that yeah the bulk of the,
10: the liability does fall on mtd well if that yeah. was the case and if that is the case i would encourage uh them to go back into court and to file some kind of motions to reconsider based on uh misconduct by the mtd and see what a judge has to say about it this is a legal issue as far as i can tell and and in terms of liability, I mean, it's already been addressed uh, at the circuit court level and at the appellate court level. I mean, I do just don't know what, what other alternatives there are. I mean, if there was something that happened here that was improper, I mean, I'm all for taking it to the right forum and, and getting it fixed. <clears throat> all right, well, Brian. It,
7: well, it's, it's the impropriety seems to be the fact that they lied. It's these lied.
10: And, that, and they're lying in court. And that is improper. That's, that's well, that's, that's exactly. You're right. It, lying in court would be improper. And that's why they should take it back to the judge, who would, the guy, who would be the guy they lied to, and have him try to do something about it.
7: Well, if the judge already threw it out in this case, more than likely he's
1: just going kind to of throw it out because he's going to probably be in the back pocket of MTV. <laughs> well, okay. Hey, thanks, Brian.
7: I mean, I would highly
1: recommend everybody look up the evidence involved. All right. Hey, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you. Pre- Appreciate the phone call. Have a great day. By the way, uh, Mark has given, I believe, his number to Adam. So, Ann, if you happen to call in or if you haven't and just talk to Adam, he'll get that number for you. We'll connect you that way off air rather than doing it on air. All right. Uh, the Beef House, Covington, Indiana. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season here as we head for Christmas time. All the other holidays celebrated. If you think about all the great places to get great food, the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. Outstanding steaks and other great food items since 1964. Menu items available for kids as well, so don't be afraid to take them along for a great family outing. And, of course, uh, they've got, uh, besides steak, they've got chicken, pork, and pasta and seafood. If you come for lunch, take advantage of the great buffet that is there. As we get ready to start the new year, I hope one of your resolutions coming up will be doing that soon. We'll go to the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. I-74, exit 4, just inside the Indiana state line. Say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. Had a texter a couple days ago say they were on their way to the Beef House while they were listening to the show. So you can do that, too. 10-47, back with Jim Dye after this on Penny for your thoughts. Stay tuned. Ten forty nine here on this Thursday. Tomorrow's the last day of November. And a texter says, I'd like to ask Mr. Dye if he'll watch the video that Mark sent him. I don't think it'd be too much to ask. That was from a recent text. And I think we are caught up. All right, back to the phones here to uh,
5: John. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brian. I'd like to ask Jim a question. Uh, Do you think we're going to start inspecting ever, investigating ever president like we are, President Trump now, back to his lawyers, what he did and all that? It seems like it's ridiculous.
10: Uh, you know, I'm afraid we're this whole thing is uh, going to set off this constant uh, retaliation, counter-retaliation. Of course, the Democrats feel aggrieved because Republicans impeach Clinton, and uh, now the Democrats uh, say see the chance to get even because they're mad about losing the 2016 election, and they think if they impeach Trump, you know, that's going to help them win in 2020 uh these are pointless exercises that i mean assuming there's nothing there and i i I don't see anything so far that would be an impeachable offense assuming there is nothing there i mean this is very very destructive because it's time wasting it diverts our attention from more important issues but if you're a democrat and you think that the most important thing is getting elected in 220 uh then that's what you're going to do and that's the I mean, President Trump uh, is not like he's an innocent in this thing. You know, some of his his uh, his ill-advised comments and his kind of thumbing his nose at uh, his various um, um, critics. I mean, it it just encourages that kind of overreaction, and you know. So I don't know, but I'm afraid we're going to see this because you know that you've seen that uh, the Democrats were wild went wild when George. When George Bush was president, and then of course the Republicans went wild when Obama was president, and now the Democrats are going wild that Trump is president. So yeah, this uh, business of uh, it's just like the judicial uh, the fights over the judicial wars, where the Democrat Republicans were enraged over what the Democrats did to Trump, so then they started doing the same thing to the Democrats, and, and then of course that was kind of uh, highlighted by by the by the Merrick Garland. Uh, Mm non-vote thing so no when when, once the war starts uh, you can't you can't not fight it because then you're viewed as a pushover so I think I think we might be on to this thing of course uh, you know there's not always going to be impeachable uh, or so-called impeachable Mm -hmm. uh, wrongdoing to investigate but I'm afraid you got a point there yeah that's a long-winded way of saying I agree with well (laughs) and when
1: you think about it I mean when you go back to Andrew Johnson Sure. You know there was a dispute over the firing of the war secretary, yeah. Stanton, yeah. and well, you they, know the it,
10: legislation was clear that the, he supposedly was obviously unconstitutional. President clearly has the right to fire a subordinate officer, yeah. and, and what do we get? We got a politicized uh, impeachment in, that failed, uh, and that was in the eighteen you know sixties. So, so you know history doesn't repeat itself, but it what does rhyme? Is that what they say?
1: <laughs> Anything else, John?
8: No, that's about it. Hey, Thanks.
10: Thank
1: you. Yeah, and if you go back and read the details of that, yeah, you know, you know these. Was, uh,
10: it, it, one point I like to make: this kind of, this kind of really vicious politics is a is a result of uh, a lot of discord between the parties. So in 1865, you had the radical Republicans who were upset with Johnson, who was a ten- former Tennessee senator because he wasn't, in their view, being uh, hard enough on the southern slave states after the Civil War. So that was about as, that was about as rabid a disagreement as you can have. And so that's mm-hmm. the result was the impeachment. And uh, now we have this really uh, rabid disagreements between liberal Democrats and conservative Republicans. And we seem to have uh, lost the chance to work out some kind of acceptable middle ground to both parties. And until we get back to that, uh, I think we're just going to see more of the same.
1: Lefty Drizell was in Maryland for 17 years, yeah. 350 wins almost. Bob Wade yes. was in between he and Gary Williams and then right to Mark Turgeon. Yeah, Bob Wade way. was
10: a miserable failure. Three years, yeah. she took the job after, after one of Lefty's players died in that drug overdose. Whose name? Oh, Lynn, Lynn uh, Bias. Lynn Bias. Was it Billis? No, it was no, Bias. That's Jay Billis.
1: Yeah, Jay Led Billis. By, yeah, Lynn Bias. I, I forget, I but yeah, that was Lynn a big Bias. scandal at the time. Oh yeah. Eventually
10: yeah. consumed Lefty. Yep.
1: Hi, hi, Anna Wall.
12: I want to just say that we are blessed to have the News Gazette, and Mister Dye is a, my favorite reporter.
10: My only fan is calling. And
12: it is because of the two of you <laughs> that I have actually expanded. My intellectual horizons, and thank you very much.
1: Well, you're very welcome. Thank you, Anna Wall. Very nice of you to say. I appreciate that.
12: Well, I mean it.
1: Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you <very laughs> wouldn't much. say it if you <laughs> didn't mean it's it. Work. Thank That's you. What I say. Yeah. Give thank-
12: them hell when they need it <laughs> <laughs> if necessary.
1: All right. Back in a moment here, but first let's get Lewis in here before the break. Hi, Lewis.
12: Actually, it's Lois. Oh, Lois. I'm That's sorry. Okay. Yep, misspelled. That's all right. That's okay. Oh, okay. Well, I even spelled it for him. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? Usually I use a different name only because no one can spell Lois. <laughs> I should have told him it was it was Superman's girlfriend. oh
10: well, yeah, there you, you go. go. Lois Lane. A, okay, so okay, ask Superman's girlfriend. Okay. What do you got to say for yourself?
12: Right. Okay. Well, I'm calling, actually, to speak to Jim. Um, I spoke with you, um, I guess it was about 21 years ago. Holy cow. My, my stepfather was mugged, and as a result of the mugging, it, it turned out to be a homicide. And, uh, you called me and talked to me about my stepfather, and his name is Robert Taylor. And that is, uh, I guess a cold case still, and that, uh, weighs heavy on me. And, um, would like to ask if you would maybe put a bug in Carol Burrell's ear and see if maybe she could pursue that cold case.
10: Robert Taylor, tell me, what were the circumstances of the mugging? He wasn't uh, jumped around the hospital, was he?
12: Yes, he was. Okay. He, well, certainly was.
10: And but he that, was that, the that, man that who was uh, robbed or beaten on the thing, and he died a couple days later, is that right?
12: That's right. It ended up, it, he, the mugging had called a cause a blood clot yeah. that went to his lung. And that was near Provena? Uh,
10: was that near Provena?
12: No, it was actually near Burnham. Burnham, that's it right. I'm sorry, not,
10: Burnham. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it it was, I remember it that.
12: Was, it was, yeah, it was behind Dr. Lowe's uh, medical building that was just a half a block west of Burnham. And the cab had let him out at the back door, and he was walking around to the front door.
10: Where was and, he headed? Uh, was he headed to the hospital?
12: No, he was headed to the doctor at that doctor's Uh,
10: office
12: because he had cancer. He was a World War II veteran, and as I told you back then, he was such a good person and a good soul. If he only had one dollar in his pocket and you asked him for it, he would give it to
10: you. When was that now? What year was that?
12: Was 1997, and it was
10: in September. You know, I remember that. It sure doesn't seem like uh, 20, 20 years ago. Holy mm, cow! Wow. I know. Uh, now, you know yeah. the thing about that, and I remember the problem the police had at the time was that there were no witnesses to the mugging. They had basically nothing to go on. I think your father, stepfather, was basically found uh, on the ground there, and uh, with no yeah. one around, and so they had, they had nothing to go on, and apparently nobody. Uh, who had knowledge of it ever came forward, and okay, but yeah, I will definitely do that.
12: Well, and one of the things, which I mean, you know, and that was back before they were using DNA a great deal, and but uh, they did find his wallet. I believe it was near. I can't remember. That's kind of like there's a power. It's not a power plant, but you know, something to do with power up on maybe Fifth Street and uh several blocks from there and mm-hmm. so i and they still have his wallet sure I mean, i'm assuming part of the evidence yeah. Away. yeah and uh so if there's any you know now if there is any blood on that that you know maybe or was blood you know maybe that's something that could be pursued i yeah. don't know but you know it's just it's hard when uh there was never any closure on it
10: sure no i i know and i remember that distinctly i remember talking to the Investigator in the case, I was hoping that the publicity that the News Gazette uh, gave that case might shake something loose, but it uh, never did. But I will definitely pass that on to Carol. And uh, can you give your name and uh, phone number to our to our engineer?
1: Yeah, producer. If you want to, what I'll do, Lois, is I'll hang up, and then you can just call right back, and he'll get your number. Okay. Okay. I'll
10: pass your name and number on to uh, Carol.
1: Yep. Just call the same number you called. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Very thank good. You. Thank you, Lois. Appreciate it. And Adam will get that and we're out of time for today. Thank you. Oh, my Mr. pleasure. Dye, for a great show. And maybe we'll see you again before Christmas. I hope so. Yeah. I'm around. <laughs> You're easy to find. I'm just
10: right out the door there. That's right. <laughs> my little right cubby hole.
1: That's right. Your cubby hole back in the corner. <laughs> thank you, sir. All right. Tomorrow we will have Sinead Madigan, uh, from Health Alliance. We'll talk Medicare Advantage in the first hour and then flashback Friday have a lot of fun to Close out the month next week at the end of the week, a week from Friday, will be Justice Steigman. We'll talk about the pink tax next week as well. All that straight ahead on WDWS. Champagne, urbana 11 o'clock Central at the Tone. Have a great day, everybody.